if I had an iPhone or if I had a, the laptop that I carry with me today, I'd be dangerous because I was sitting on campus and had all of these things sitting on the network that I could ping, that I could talk to, that I could, I could find the IP address out for. And it's just a matter of time for me to break into that thing. Welcome to Unlocked, a podcast series about campus physical security from Asa Abloy. I'm your host, Brian Adolph. Today on Unlocked, we are taking a hard look at the security of security. You'll hear from three experts in the campus security space on how to make sure your physical security devices and network are secure and why it's just as important as cybersecurity. You'll also learn some tips on how to improve communications between campus departments to help your physical security projects go from committee meetings to reality. So stick with us as we unlock the security of security. Security of security. Sounds kind of silly. But overlooking the actual security of the physical security technology you bring onto your campus is critically important. The first expert I spoke to is Terry Schulenberg. You heard him at the top of this episode. Terry has a long history in the security space, first as a programmer and now as the business development manager for education for Genetech Worldwide. You have bored students on campus that are wondering, hi, huh, I wonder if I can get into that camera. I wonder if I can get into that lock. I wonder if I can get into that uh, device over there that's controlling the temperature of the room. And they're finding all of these ways in because they're hanging on the same network. When you hang internet-enabled devices on your network, folks like Terry find that often administrators do not change the admin login or password that comes standard with these devices. And if they do change the password, they tend to have a consistent theme about them. To combat this problem before it even starts, one suggestion is to segment the physical security network from the campus operation side, if possible. Now, you can't always do that, but it's always probably the best practice to think about doing it. That's Paul Boucherel. He's the founder of Matterhorn Consulting and a veteran of the security industry. So there are physical and network programming methods to separate these uh, networks uh, that are pretty straightforward. The most important part, of course, is planning the network pathing. And this is an important step that IT has to be in deeply with, as well as the facilities department to really map out where the networks are and where the systems are within the campus so we can segment them realistically. Creating a separate network exclusively for physical security isn't always a feasible option. Yet, we live in a time of constant data breaches and cyber attacks. It can be a little scary for a central IT department to open up their network to new security devices. So what is a school to do when fear of cybersecurity might impede implementing physical security for your campus? To gain some insight on this, I spoke to Danny Anthes from George Mason University. My name is Danny Anthes. I'm the senior manager of IT for Auxiliary Enterprises. Danny handles IT for anything Auxiliaries does in some shape or form. He's also probably the most knowledgeable campus IT guy I ever met when it comes to physical security. Danny understands the security concerns of a central IT department, especially at a large university like George Mason. And the key to working with IT, as it usually is in higher ed, is to be knowledgeable about the technology you're proposing and prioritize open lines of communication. When we are choosing the wireless lock technology, we were deliberate in the choice of how it did its communication what wireless technology it leveraged, what my central IT could support, and how that data was encrypted both at rest and in transport. It was a combination of all of those before I made the decision to 
and brought it to central IT going, look, this is everything this lock does. This is the line. It, it, it follows the communication. The lock initiates it. It never it can't receive unless it first starts the conversation. Those are the pieces that I could bring to, to my central IT folks. Hey, and this is what I need from you to support this decision. What do you guys think? Um, once we did all that and they understood what was coming, they were, they were happy with the decision and, and we were good to move. Danny mentioned encrypting the data. If unable to dedicate an exclusive network for physical security devices, then ensuring adequate encryption is a necessary tool to keep your network safe. When you use encryption, when you're passing around keys... Terry Schulenberg again. For the Genetech side of things, we hold private keys for all of our devices. We can connect these devices using these private keys. We don't have to worry about it. Because we encrypt it between the device and, and our server, and then when we store it in the cloud, it's encrypted again. That information is stored and saved so that at no point is this data standard real text data that people can just go through and start reading. As Terry describes, Genentech takes security pretty seriously. It's crucial to do your due diligence when researching security products. Get a good understanding of a manufacturer's resistance to cybersecurity attacks. What measures and tools are they using? What's their philosophy towards cybersecurity? Here's Paul Boucherle again. Definitely if I'm an IT guy at a college, I want to check that manufacturers that we're going to spec and see really where they are with cybersecurity exposure. In the past, the manufacturers have been kind of tone deaf to cybersecurity, although they're waking up and have over the last year or two. Even with the security manufacturers addressing cybersecurity issues within their own equipment, I wondered how many schools still aren't using the technology correctly to ensure their own security. I can take you to 50 campuses today that are doing it all wrong. Terry tells me about a campus he recently visited that has 400 video cameras, and they have a separate access control system. They have a separate carding system that you create the cards and it's a standalone system, then that information is sent via text file, un unencrypted text file, to a server somewhere. And then the access control system picks that file up and then loads the information into the access control system. The video system, on the other hand, all of the video is unencrypted. So it's quick, it's easy to go through and manage, but I showed them when I was on campus how quickly it was that I could take over the camera. I hacked into their camera and showed them, I, I can go in and take over your camera right now. I, I was pulling information right off the internet, showing them how I was able to break into their cameras and take them over. These cameras then can be used as bot attacks. They can be used for all kinds of things. I can go in and, and put my own static picture in there so that they think that they're looking at a, a, a live image when they're really not. Let me guess, the campus didn't change their admin password. That's what it was. But again, the information is still unencrypted from the camera. So what happens is you have students who are on campus. These are bright students. They're taking computer science as, the, as their degree. They're looking for opportunities to try out some of the stuff that they're learning. Terry's story is familiar to Danny Anthes. So, so my students, I like to tell this story. I love my students. They are very creative, and there have been times where I've gotten reports, hey, this lock doesn't work. Can you go take a look at it? You go up to the room, maintenance is visited. They can't figure it out. They're my first line for the most part. 
Um, you go up and you look at the lock and, and you're noticing extra solder points on the board. And, and you think to yourself, I know it didn't come to the factory like that. Um, there's no way they would have done that. And, and you know, when you look around the room that, that oh, the student's an EE student. Here's his oscilloscope. Here's his other equipment he has in there. He's being a little creative. Um, and in process, he has broken the lock. That's, that's who my students are sometimes. It's nice to have a vendor, a partner that I can go to go, hey, look, this student got a little creative with your lock. Can you take a look and, 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 and tell me how close? Um, and being able to send that lock back and, and them going, oh, yeah, well, no, they were nowhere near where they need to be. Oh, good. That's what I need to know. And so security of security is being able to answer the questions. How do I protect the devices on my network without needing to build a totally separate network? And how do I protect the data moving in between those devices so that it can't be compromised? Over the coming years of the rise of the Internet of Things, significantly more devices will be hanging on your network. With every new device you add, attempting to make your facilities more secure, you quickly find that you're also opening your campus up to more potential network break-ins. Terry Schulenberg sees the security of security as more of an awareness campaign. Just to let people know that, you know what, especially as they grow, as, as things start moving out, you just need to be aware that anytime you buy something, it does not come secure. It's something you physically have to do. Scrutinizing the technology you purchase is crucial. It not only minimizes potential security risks down the road, but also helps push along the purchasing process. Here's more advice from Danny Anthes. For us, any new device, any new type of device we bring on goes through a vetting process where IT security is involved, a few other folks are involved before we put anything on the network so we can fully understand what we're putting on the network and how they're going to be supported, how they're going to talk. We, we diagram it all out before we even put it on the network. It, it's a process, but at the end of it, we end up with, before the product's installed, everyone understands what's coming, how it's going to talk, how it's going to interact with devices. You're getting them to buy in at the decision point, not at the, not at, oh, it's here, sorry. Understanding how security devices work and communicate data within a campus environment is one thing. Navigating the uniquely siloed nature of campus departments is another. Paul Boucherel tells me this is one of the greatest challenges when working on a security project, especially in large colleges and universities. Unlike uh, in the corporate world where we have an IT manager that kind of manages everything that goes on, that's not necessarily true in the world of university and colleges. For example, the business school can have its own IT manager, and the veterinary school can have its own head of IT. So you can have all these small fiefdoms that are, are school-dependent and report um, to that individual in charge of that school within their budget. Now, the big challenge is here, they may come up with an idea or a thought they want to implement within their college, but it may not fit the bigger scheme of the entire university, and therefore is where the real challenge is. If I have very different ways at different colleges on the same campus, how they handle security and deliver it, I open myself up to some real liability. So if you do it differently and you're not paying attention and communicating with the other IT people on your campus about what the direction is, you can have some real, real problems. 
The common way that colleges and universities handle their disparate and siloed systems is through integration. Now, there are varying types of integration, from the passing of text files to using a full-blown automated data management system. But where integration can fail on a campus is when you start to expand or when you find yourself in an emergency situation. Take the case of a school that had a fire in their library. In a typically integrated system, like the one at this school, the system would first alert security that a fire alarm is going off. Terry picks up the story. I log into my alarm system to find out where the alarm is being pulled. It's second floor of the library. Great. Now I log into my video system because I want to see if there's actually a fire or something that we need to respond to. I log into my video system. Now I have to find my cameras on the second floor of the library to find out what's going on. I find those cameras and I find out there's actually a fire. At that point, I get on the phone, call 911 and say, hey, there's a fire in my library, second floor, please get over here. From that moment, then I have to go to my access control system, log onto that, find the doors, the appropriate doors to open in the library to let the first responders in to put the fire out. I had the school go through this exact process. It took them 20 minutes to go through that process. They lost everything on the second floor of that library and some of the things on the third floor because it took so long to go through that process. And it's multiple logins, it's multiple systems, and it's in, it's in emergency situations. So the, the adrenaline gets moving, all of these things, it takes them longer to log in, it takes, oh, I forgot my password, which one am I using, what system am I on, all of that. So that's integration, that's what we're seeing today. Humans do most of the integration in those systems. When you have siloed systems on a campus, Humans do most of the integration. Yeah, there's some things that go on in the background, file transfers and things like this, but humans are doing most of the integration. To prevent dangerous and costly situations like the library fire, schools are looking to go beyond integration and unify their systems. This is a concept Terry likes to call a single pane of glass, which brings all of the data from various systems onto a single screen. When an alarm gets kicked off, so the alarm on the second floor of the library gets kicked off, immediately my screen lights up with the cameras from the library on the second floor. I'm looking at the second floor library within seconds of the alarm going off. At the same time, along the right-hand column, I have my doors that are all associated with that. I can click, 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 open those doors, and at the same time, I can notify uh, the emergency personnel, get the firefighters out there. This type of integration goes beyond the typical interfacing of various data sources into something called unification. Unification is bringing all of that data, the alarm data, the camera data, the door data, everything into one place so that I can kick things off and get all the information I need without having to go and search for it. Now let's take a look at how the IT and physical security departments need to work together to implement large-scale security installations that are themselves secure. Paul Bouchel refers to this as getting the political animal working together. Politics within a university or college is is something to behold. If you, if you think our political process is messy, they make us look like kindergartners. They're extremely territorial in their budgets and their influence, always vying. So it's very difficult sometimes to get them all on the same page to even have a reasonable conversation. They're very protective of their budgets. And therefore, the budgets are very segmented. The locksmith has their budget. The provost marshal for the security have their budget. The IT have. And very often, they don't really understand what a better solution would do to optimize all of those budgets. 
they hold them pretty close to their chest, um, don't want to share and don't want to talk about it because it's change. And that's, that's the number one thing that causes most of the trouble is just the idea of change. At George Mason University, Danny Anthes was well aware of what was needed to get all departments on the same page and make a convincing argument to the idea of change. He played a large role in a multi-year upgrade of the school's existing credential technology and locking system. One way Danny got buy-in was because he made sure to include all the people that should be included. I included the physical security office. I included the IT security office. Uh, I included our vice president in auxiliaries, chief police, anyone I can get in to, to sort of sell the security of the card, whether you know, from a logical standpoint or physical standpoint. I wanted to make sure I included and got there by and the more voices that, that you have going, hey, we need to do this, the, the more likely you are to get that funding. Paul agrees. They really need to build bridges, communication bridges. So typically uh, when I'm involved in a project, I'll build some consensus and facilitate discussions between these departments. And those first meetings are always really interesting because they don't really know each other and and they may not even necessarily like each other. But what I found is if you take a bigger goal, if you say, here's the security of the campus and that affects our students and you can you can put something up for them to focus on, then the small chatter and past grievances and turf war stuff starts to dissipate when we start talking about this bigger subject matter. So that does it for the final episode of this five-part series on campus physical security. If you haven't listened to the other episodes in this series, I encourage you to check them out on Apple Podcasts or visit intelligentopenings.com slash unlocked. There you'll also find a bunch of extra written and visual content we made about the topics we covered on this series that you can share with others on your campus. This podcast series was produced by Riveting FM, and I've been your host, Brian Adolph from Swift Data Technology. Thanks for listening.